The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're talking free agent pickups, rival fantasy, and two-star pitchers here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Rival Fantasy. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola, the FSWA Hall of Famer. Always a pleasure. Todd, how are you doing today? Are you uh, getting amped for this big Mexico City series? Um, Yeah, mainly. I'm getting a little nervous because I have Joe Musgrove in a lot of spots. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm messaging back and forth with uh, with a friend who has got Darvish and Musgrove in a head-to-head league. And so well, my ERA is in danger this week. So, yeah, it kind of, you know, hey, listen, I'll take the L. I forgot all about it, and I blew the rankings this week because of it. I should have made an adjustment, and it just struck me middle of the week, and I'm kind of kicking myself and really embarrassed about it. So, you know, we want to mention it today for those that are still have an opportunity to adjust for the weekend. You mentioned Musgrove, you Darvish. On the other side, the giant side, we got – Ross Stripling, and I think Alex Cobb uh, all involved. And the deal is, as our friend Derek Cardi, if you're on Twitter, check out his his string of tweets. Uh, this is this is Coors Field on steroids. There's a, a run if Coors Field, well, not if Coors Field rack factors about uh, run factor is around 120. Uh, this is around 140, and the over the over under for tomorrow is already posted at 15. That's oh. one five, folks. That's an eight to seven game. That's a nine to six game. Or as I told my buddy Paul, because he's got Musgrove going, hey, maybe he wins fifteen to one. Hey, I'd be good with that. That's just yeah. <laughs> that's a tough environment to pitch in. It should be kind of interesting, but just kind of a wacky run environment that we'll have to navigate. Uh, should yeah. be kind of a, a unique. <laughs> Fun thing though. The elevation is even higher than cores, and the field isn't nearly as big. Check out Derek's tweet if you're into this sort of thing. Otherwise, just kick back and expect a bunch of runs to be scored. Well, Fab ran in the Rotowire Stake League last night, as it always does on Thursday night, Friday morning, and I was the big spender here. You know, James Anderson last week grabbed Mason Miller, but in doing Hi. so, Tanner, did you get Tanner? No, he actually went last week on spec. Okay. Yeah. 
That's who you're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, no, he went last week on spec for like two, so that's looking real nice. Wow, yeah. Yeah, because I actually, well, James grabbed Mason Miller and in doing so dropped Gavin Stone. I'm really thinking the Dodgers are going to need this guy to get hitters out pretty soon. So I grabbed Gavin Stone for actually 34 since Mason Miller went for 43, I think. And I had like 78 left and I desperately need starting pitching help. So uh, one of the top pitching prospects I had as, as a stash, dropping James Pax, which I should have done probably a couple weeks ago. Which means that Pax will come back this week. No, no, that, that's my, that's my bad well, line. Yeah, yeah that, that's how things work for me. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Um, Stone, I'm I haven't gotten to the Dodgers yet, but I'm reviewing my playing time on Friday. And there, I look at their starting rotation, and yeah, I'm wondering where I'm going to get 162 starts. cindergard has been just brutal, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, looking to see who I'm gonna who I'm gonna distribute the starts among. And it's like, wow, this is a team that one would think would have taken care of that, but they, you know, whether it was hands hands tied with Bueller or not Bueller um Bauer who, who's to say but yeah this is uh this is not the Dodgers team we expected Sam Hilliard yeah plus uh JD Martinez sounds like he's going to be out again tonight maybe ending up on the IL we'll have to see yeah but Will uh, Smith is Will Smith is back tonight yeah that's a big one that is a big one uh Sam Hilliard was the top pickup in the stake league last night on the hitting side excuse me 23, I mean, this feels like an overspend just needing some offense. Well, you still start two UTs in this league. Though. Right, but Michael Harris is back, right? Oh, good point, yeah. So this isn't to say that Hilliard won't continue to get at bats, especially because Eddie Rosario, well, Rosario kind of woke up a little bit this week, but he's, it's still not what, what's to be expected. And Marcelo Zuna has yet to wake up. So there – there could be, you know, at bats for Hilliard if, uh, if Ryan Snicker decides to uh, relieve playing time of one of his veterans. Mm. Yeah, there may be one of those. But I agree. That's a Hilliard. that's a hefty. That's a hefty bit. Yeah, twenty three out of a hundred. Connor Joe was seventeen out of a hundred. He's been playing well for Pittsburgh and. Didn't really pan out with the Rockies last year as people were hoping he got hurt, didn't he? But uh, a little bit. He's been playing well. I could see it. Then Jaron Duran at 14. What Woo. do you think of him with uh, Boston? Woo. I think he is a new player. Hmm. Somebody somebody sat him down. Whether it was Alex Cora, whether it was David Ortiz visiting, I don't know. But he, you, the demeanor, you can just sort of tell that he's businesslike. Uh, I mean, he, he there's a play. The I mean, everybody remembers the inside the park homer where he lollygagged it. Uh, he was in, 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 in left center field. I think it was in Baltimore, maybe. And that's why I mean, that's where you know playing. That's where he started the play. And the ball was put down the line, hit off the high wall, and went over Verdugo's head. And Duran ran all the way over to back him up. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to do that. That's what you're supposed to do. Excuse me, right? But based upon last year's play, it was it's it was it's noteworthy. Wow, that's a strong endorsement on Duran and, and kind of the changes he's made to become it. Yeah, I mean, interesting numbers guy that we are, but you you know you do pick things up, body language, and he's hit the ball hard. And he's got some really good takes. 
at, at the plate, patience. So I, I think we're seeing, I think we could be seeing it. And I, you know, is he going to play against lefties? Probably not Duran, but I think he's going to be usable in deeper leagues, especially where you get to play matchups. And this would qualify as a deeper league. It is a weekly lineup league, so you don't really get to play matchups. Right. Sixteen team league. I think, yeah, he could certainly be useful and a, a nice net positive at fourteen dollars. Yeah. Uh, Vince Velasquez went for eleven. He's been pitching well, and I respect mm. the manager who picked him up. If you're listening, uh, but I've been down that road. Exactly. Gosh, what like a dozen times or more. It is a what have you done for me lately attitude, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and he pitches in Pittsburgh, great pitchers park, right. Can't really, yeah, but oh, it didn't even have a bid on him, actually. But that offense, you just can't, they're gonna hit in Yellowstone right now. I'm just kidding. Well, geez, I mean, <laughs> cuts looking like vintage cutch, it's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, running Logan Taylor Allen, Logan T. Allen of the Cleveland Guardians. Okay, uh, he was eight dollars, the lefty. So definitely be sure you're picking up the right Logan Allen if you're if you're going shopping there. Robbie Grossman, who I dropped recently, he's seven dollar ad. Griffin Canning for six. Victor Robles, who's been running pretty wild, uh, five. Blake Sable for three. Bailey Ober for two. That could end up being interesting. Yeah, that was a James ad. That he's stepping in for uh, what? Who is Ken, it? Kent Kenta Maeda. Who? I mean, we don't know he's right now. Rough. Yeah. The arms, the arm hurt. He just had the surgery. He could be out. A week, it could be out another year. We just don't know. So that's an interesting spec. Well, it's he's going to pitch at least short-term uh, over. I mean, he, he could pitch longer than that. Christian Bethencourt for a buck. Only a one-catcher league, but that's, that's kind of nice. I'm kind of jealous of that one. He's been playing really well. Adrian Hauser for a buck. Travis Jankowski still hanging around and playing a lot for Texas. He's, he's running. For a buck. He's running. Yeah, Rich Hill for a buck. Joey Lucchese on a $0 bid. Nick Senzel also zero. Trevor Williams. Kyle Manzardo. James getting back in the stash game there on Kyle Manzardo. Jan Gomes has been a productive catcher so far. And then finally, Hunter Harvey of Washington. So uh, active week on the fab front. Yeah, Manzardo. I think we talked to Jason Collette. Maybe, Maybe it was while you were cavorting with your friends uh, maybe i i don't recall but he was my he we, we talked about when you do minor league drafts you either go for someone that's going to be once it, it comes a point where you're either picking someone with a higher ranking that's going to play in two or three years or the lower ranking that could break it this year and manzardo was my i'm competing i'm going to jump a couple air quote, better prospects. And then James pointed out, I was like, he was my number seven prospect. He's not really jumping that much. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I was wondering, did he get drafted in uh, AL labor? I imagine so, right? I do not know. Because AL labor was probably a little bit, I mean, I may have it and just don't remember. But <laughs> AL labor was a little before I fell on the Manzaro. It actually, I don't want to say that because I picked him up in XFL, which we drafted that weekend. So I may, I just, I don't think, because I, I think my only bat is Kevon Biggio. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think Manzaro went a little bit before me 
in AL Let's labor. Um, I'm check checking the roster. That'd be a now. nice surprise if you just happened to. Yeah, well, have Colette, him. Colette's in that league, so I'm guessing he's gone. And James. So, yeah, 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 maybe yeah. probably gone. But yeah, he's uh certainly interesting as a stash. Um, Rays yeah. are just so darn good. Unless I'm spelling his name wrong, he's not taken. Hmm. That could be one that somebody really uh, opens up the wallet for there. Yeah, so he gets the call. We'll have to see, but. Uh, yeah, I'm spelling the name right, and uh, he's not taken. That's interesting. I feel like the Gavin Stones of the world, Gavin Williams, and yeah, Manzardo, if you can stash. It, obviously, you have to have a league that kind of allows you to stash, and you, know, you don't have to plug the guy in right away when you pick him up. You could reserve him. But uh, if you have the bench space, these guys – you know I love prospects, though. Todd. Yeah, well, you know I, well, and the thing with labor <laughs> – I get carried away. Yeah, the thing with labor, it's the old school rules where, I mean, you could draft a minor leaguer, um, and then once he's on reserve, you can bounce him in and out. But you know, it's you, you have to drop the player that's in your roster. No, he is not. He is not drafted in AL labor, so that is going to be an interesting. And we, in, like in tout wars, you can be prescient, and you like you kind of alluded to, you're willing to play him for a week, take zeros, and then he's on your reserve. Labor, he has to be in the majors in order to make the pickup. So that's going to be interesting because, you know, we do mention that James is in the league. I think Colette's in this one. I don't, maybe not. But yeah, there's going to be some uh, battles if, uh, if Manzardo. I don't know that he's going to be called up anytime. Yeah, Colette is in the league. Because um, right now, Yandy Diaz is kind of hitting pretty oh, good. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. And, there's Tampa so got like five homers, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and um, well, everybody does in Tampa. Well, and, but but he's and he's playing a lot of first base because you got Paredes and you got Walls. You've got players playing pretty well at third base. So if Manzardo's called up, and maybe it's to DH, I don't know. But right now, Tampa is firing clearly on all cylinders, and it's not like they need a spark. Yeah, good point. Well, we will get into the two-star pitchers for next week, the first week of uh, May in yeah. 2023. But let's talk briefly about Rival Fantasy. Todd, they are sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate their sponsorship. And you and I have been kind of familiarizing ourselves with this fantasy game and having some fun. Would you uh, Would you agree with me? Familiarize? They, 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 they want me to stop playing. I'm winning so much. <laughs> no, I've had, I had a, I've had a good week. Uh, we'll, nice. we'll, we shall leave. We, yeah, there's several different games. I think we're both playing the fantasy book where mm-hmm. you choose two, three, or four. I think up to five. Uh, although the return is best on two or three players to go over under uh, over under a projected fantasy points, which is essentially the same as the DraftKings scoring system. So if you're familiar with how the DraftKings points go, DFS, it's 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 the same for here. Uh, I happen to do DraftKings points on a daily basis for my my own site, so I've I have it done, so I'm able to compare to my own projections. And then you know, because the projections a projection, you know, what do you, do you what are the chances the player goes over or under that projection based upon the the, the rival number of points? I've been sticking with pitching because I just feel that it's a it's it's more predictable. And that, I mean, hitters are more predictable over the long term. But on a one-day scenario, 
I, you know, I mean, the, the, the points is kind of their a, a hitter's average points over the course of the season. But you know how it is. You know, Trout's going to go two for four with a homer one day and one for five the next, and it averages out to X amount of points. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, there's too much, very, I mean, I play the pit, the hitting because we can talk about it. You know, they're a sponsor. Let's talk about it. But when I, you know, my bigger bets are on the pitching. I, you know, I, we talked last week about how they did change the scoring system to be kind of more reflective of, uh, you know, the DraftKings or more in line with kind of industry standards. And I really yeah. like, because these feel really like kind of tight lines. Like, I, I, I'm with you that I'm kind of leaning more toward the the pitchers on any given day because I'm with you that they are just, you know, the best hitter in the world can go 0 for 5 on any given day. And you think, lose your bet. And, and, yeah. And the way the, you know. And it's exactly. kind of like a, yeah, it's, you have to get all these right. So I think yeah, I'm with you. I kind of tend to tick to tend to stick to two or three instead of going to four or five. And uh, I, I've been like you focusing primarily on the starting pitchers in a given day. And it sounds like you and I both kind of have the, the same guy locked in as our number one kind of choice. It's the over on Fromber Valdez tonight against Philadelphia. It is a, uh, a minus one fifty Houston line tonight in Houston. Over under seven and a half runs. So while he has to outdo Aaron Nola, Nola hasn't really looked like Nola. And uh, I think relative to the other over-unders, Fromber's uh, a tick below where he should be. Right. And what I like about the, – it's like 16 finish points. What I like about it is he doesn't need to get the win to make the over. I mean, if yeah, he, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, a lot of times when I go on the – on the oh, I, I like betting the under. It's not as exciting because I don't like rooting for a guy to get lit up. It's just, you know, it's just not, it, it feels weird. But to me, the under is the better bet because so much more can go wrong than can go right. Um, but yeah, with Framber, I just felt that he was going to get the innings and the strikeouts to get the fantasy points. And he didn't need the win. It would be nice. Well, if he gets the win, that means we're going to win the bet because he didn't give up runs, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah. I just I just want to say, Lito, you you said bet right there. It's it is a fantasy yeah. game. It's not really yeah. like a, a betting situation. Correct. It is a fantasy Correct. game, so just keep that in mind. Correct. Um, uh, but yeah. when I look at Fromber and I see his over under as being below guys like David Peterson, who I do like, but Eduardo Escobar too, it just that doesn't square with me, pal. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> a little disrespect uh, below where he should be. So that's. That's one that you and I both kind of separately came to our own conclusions that Fromber Valdez needs to be locked in on yeah. rival uh, on the over tonight. And what was your uh, what was your number two choice? Tonight? Um, Eduardo Rodriguez on the over. Uh, now I, I forget I forget who he, he who he lines up against. Uh, I, just, I he's been pitching well lately, and at sixteen points again. Erod's got Baltimore tonight right. in Detroit. It's, it's yep. Baltimore in Detroit. He doesn't need to win the game to make those points because he he gives innings and he gives strikeouts. And I think Baltimore will be without Austin Hayes again. And Rodriguez will hold the platoon edge on Gunnar Henderson and on Cedric Mullins, which I think helps, of course, 
Adley's a switch hitter and Santander's a switch hitter. So there's still good batters in that Baltimore lineup. But I like in Detroit, I like uh, I, I like Rodriguez to have another good game. And if he gets the win, great. He doesn't need it. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. I um, totally hear where you're coming from. The win is such a big thing, but if you can get a guy where the over-under you know, doesn't necessarily force you to get that, that is right. a, a huge thing. Uh, my second choice is going to be a Jack Flaherty on the under against the Dodgers. Uh, surface numbers have been okay, but he's been really walking a tightrope. Didn't he have that like no hitter into the six where he walked like seven yeah. or something ridiculous? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got uh, how many walks does he have this year? He has 19 walks in 27 in the third innings. We mentioned earlier that JD Martinez is probably going to be out of the lineup today, it sounds like. But and so the Dodgers, and I've seen. Gosh, uh, Jason Hayward and guys like that batting pretty high in the order. So not necessarily the juggernaut offense it's been over the years. But a team that's patient like that, I just think, can can out uh, kind of outweight uh, Jack Flaherty, weight him out, I guess, and just kind of make him shoot himself in the foot with walks. So I'm taking the under on Flaherty. The number is 18.79 fantasy points. Yeah, I um I came close. And matter of fact, I think I do have a second lineup in with Flaherty included. I because I agree he just wasn't didn't happen to be the one that I sent you. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, he's kind of an obvious choice, I guess you could say. But I I mean, I think even though he's still got pretty good stuff, he just hasn't really had the same control and command that he did when he first broke in. So I'm expecting him to have some troubles tonight against the Dodgers. Who's your yep. next pick tonight for rival fantasy? Yeah, we only, you only, well, the game requires you to pick two. I, I am going with the third, excuse me, at least this particular lineup. Going to go with Rich Hill. I don't like, I, I mean, I like using home players on the over, and I like using away players on the under. I know Hill's done really well. It's at Washington. All right. It's Washington, but there's still enough hitters in that team. To me, Rich Hill's like a knuckleballer that, here, hit this and try to hit it at somebody. Sometimes it works. It's worked a lot lately, but it doesn't always work. I just I think that he's vulnerable on the road. And um, I, he was, you know, he was, it was here Flaherty for this particular lineup. And I went, I went with Hill. I mean, I, like I said, I got Flaherty. In a, in a different contest. Nice, man. Well, good stuff. I hope it hits for you and you continue your success <laughs> uh, tonight well, on we'll Rival. See. We'll tell I, you a little bit more right now about Rival. Right. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, which Todd and I have been talking about. Uh, and users with Fantasy Book can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. 
But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival Protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, a word quickly from Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups. In biggest games of the year, every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your fantasy team, live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, now you can earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. And here's a pro tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. All right, Todd, uh, anything else on your mind before we get into the two-star pitchers for next week? Nah, you know, let's uh let's 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 leave some time for the two start pitchers. It's uh an interesting slate this week. Yeah, we're already coming up on what twenty five and this usually takes a good good while. So let's let's I'll dive fully into it. I'll talk fast. Uh, Zach Gallon has been probably if not the best pitcher in baseball, right up there. I think he's still among the league leaders in strikeouts, had that brilliant performance the other night. Uh, this is probably a six on Zach Gallon. Yeah, um, on our calculator, he's the second highest pitcher next to Garrett Cole. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely up there. We'll go six. Been really impressed with what he's done. It's at Texas versus Washington too. So oh, twenty eight straight Did innings, twenty eight straight scoreless innings. Do you think we see Brandon Fott for Arizona soon? I think people are waiting on that. Uh, but, uh, well, they, they sent they sent. Um, Jamison down. Tommy mm, Henry right. pitched just well enough to get another start. Ryan Nelson has not pitched all that great. There's only five games for Arizona this week, so I think we're waiting a week. But I think Henry and Nelson better have good games versus Washington, or else I think we might. Yeah, only five games next week for them, two off yeah. days. So yeah. I may not see five, but I do think it's coming real soon. Uh, Bryce Elder has been fantastic. He does have to go to the Mets, but a good – pitchers park then versus baltimore not willing to go four or uh, five on him but geez i i'm having a hard time seeing any scenario where i'd really bench him with this two-step uh four side sounds high off the tongue but i'm gonna go with a four i'm gonna go three miami did hit him pretty hard three homers last game mm-hmm. uh, only three strikeouts and five and a third um, but I mean, this is a guy that we would probably would have said zero coming into the season. So even the fact he's getting threes and fours is a good thing. Just a quick aside. I just I had the daily lineups page up at RotoWire, and I just wanted to know, cause we were talking about DFS and rival that it does look like there's some rain issues tonight. So if you're playing DFS or rival fantasy, definitely be sure to yeah, yeah. to uh, navigate because it looks like, you know, you picked Erod. looks like an 81% chance of rain in Detroit. Uh, Minnesota's got some weather issues. 
Same with uh, Washington and uh, New York too. So just be aware. I wanted to oh, always mention that because I forgot to when we were talking. Maybe about I get it. maybe I get Flaherty in the lineup after all, huh? Hey, maybe <laughs> at least my, one of them. My main lineup, I should say. Yeah. What about Kyle Wright of Atlanta? Uh, it's again. It's well, actually, it's a different two step because they must have what a, a wraparound series against the Mets or makeup yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Kyle Wright's got a little bit of a different two steps at Miami and then versus Baltimore. The league's only 20 game winner last year. The regression monster has uh, caught up, but man, I, I definitely could see the appeal here on the two step. I'll go with a two. Yeah. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go higher because two's where I'm going. Yeah. Two feels right for me. This was a guy that I, you know, when I create this uh, StreamYard room, I, I usually send our guy Alan Sislowski just a projected two-star pitcher or two to use as like our cover boy for the little right. thumbnail image or whatever. And I, I mentioned Tyler Wells is an interesting one. I know he's picked up in a lot of spots, but at KC, then he does have to go to at Atlanta. But a two seven nine ERA, definitely an interesting option in leagues where he's still available um zero seven two whip 21 uh, 23 to 3k to walk what do you think are you you buying in on 28 year old tyler wells of baltimore yeah don't love that atlanta but did see him pitch against the red sox in the latest series he great homestand for wells yeah um am i gonna go four at atlanta's tough i think i'm gonna go three but i'm absolutely using him I'm going to go three, but, yeah, and I don't know, like, the roster ship percentages, but, man, at least where he's available, I'd really like to, to yeah. grab him because yeah. yeah. everything's looking great uh, under the hood. He has given up four homers, but, I mean, that's not bad in this environment. I mean, he would just not, be – sorry? I say he's not hugely dominant. You mentioned 23 to three. I think that's, like, in 26 innings, I think, something like that. So it's not a K in inning. But yeah, 29 is, innings, actually. Right, but, but it's, yeah. I think he's picked it up. So I think we're looking at an improvement in strikeouts going forward. I hear you. I asked this of James last week, and I'd ask you too, because um, it relates to the run environment and pitchers, of course. Do you think at this point you feel confident in saying that this is a juiced ball year in 2023? I don't know if it's juiced ball, because I think homers have fallen back. I just think it's a big. I think the, the 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 a few more base hits is increasing the run environment, and if if last year wasn't such a huge dip, I don't think we'd be noticing because we're really back to where we were the previous few years, other than last year. Hmm. I think last year was such a big dip that we're over exaggerating, maybe not the word, but it feels like it's a bigger jump than it really is compared to the the, the the previous seasons other than this. Now, the, having said that, it's comparing it to the entire year, and run scoring goes up over the course of the year. So, you know, we, it could it could project um, to be even higher than it is, and we don't know how the pitching is going to – there's so many variables. We don't know if the faster clock is going to affect pitching down the line, but – I, I, you know, keeping in mind, it's the same for everybody. Um, I do think that there, you know, I don't know that it's a juice ball, but it's definitely a higher run scoring environment. 
anecdotally, I feel like the ball's a little juicier. I feel like every time I look up or I hear the ball off the bat and I look up at the screen, it's just carrying. But you're right, there's so many factors in play, it's hard to nail down exactly. But it does feel like the ball's a little juicier than as we're talking about to look up average fly ball distance, because to me that's that's the way to tell. But all right, we'll keep going. Yeah. Well, if you find that, let us know. But yeah, no pressure. Uh, Corey Kluber has been absolutely brutal. It's funny. You look back a month ago, I took him in the reserves of uh, 12-team tout wars, and you just wonder, even though it was a month ago, what the hell was I thinking? Well, he had that one great start that, that you go, well, he's back. And then mm. the next start, he can't throw a strike. And when Kluber can't throw a strike, that's weird. Yeah, the Kluvats has uh, come apart at the at the seams. It would seem, but I, you know, I'm pulling for the guy. I hope he's able to right the ship a little bit. But a one and four record, six point seven five ERA, and then versus Toronto at Philly, he may, I think he's a zero. Honestly, I, I can't do it. Yeah, well, he was he, the last game out was against Baltimore, and it was you know six innings, one run, but only fan three didn't walk anybody. That was the one mm-hmm. win. Wow, can you give him a zero? Yeah, you can. These two uh, at Philadelphia, at Philadelphia, I think you can. I think you can give. I think you can give Kluber a zero. Would I actually do it? You know what? I'm going to give him a one just because I don't know that I've had the uh, the intestinal fortitude to sit him if I had him. I hear you. Thanks for being realistic and you know, giving a realistic grade there. I'm not. You know, oh, sorry. Any, anybody who does it, I'm not. I'm not going to secretly laugh at him though. Tanner House. Got a three and one record. He hasn't been as sharp lately, but a, a four fifty ERA. He's got the same tough two step in terms of opponents versus Toronto at Philly. So while I went Kluber one, I'm willing to consider how I have him in a couple leagues. I think I'd prefer to sit him down, but I think I'll give him I think I'll give him a two because I feel like somewhere I'm gonna have to start him. Maybe overthinking it, but Toronto is so right-handed that I I feel he has an, an opportunity to neutralize him a little bit. So I'm going to stick with the same two and hope that you get by that Toronto start. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so we go both have two on Tanner Hawk. Drew Smiley followed up that uh, seven inning, seven and two thirds, one hitter, uh, 10 Ks with a, another solid outing, five innings, two earned runs. 4Ks. We've been down this road before, but it seems like Smiley's just generally underrated. He always pitches well for stretches. It usually blows up eventually, but uh, he still can turn it on. At Washington versus Miami, I kind of like this. I I think I'm going to hedge a little bit and go the three, but Smiley's been really impressive. Yeah, my my you know my my pet line. He pitches well between injuries. Yeah, you, you're not going to get a better two-start than this. I'm not going to go four. I'm kind of with you. I think we both thought about saying four, but we're going to say three. But start him. We're going to be comfortable starting him. Yeah, not so much the case for Jameson Tyone for me. I, I guess with this two-step, certainly in the mix, especially in leagues where he's available, he should probably be on some waterfalls. Feels a little bit like a trap with this two-step, though, like, Opponents are so good, but he just hasn't been very good. So I'm going to give him a notch below Smiley at two. 
Yeah, I'm uh is he coming back from injury? Yeah, he he's definitely been hurt a little. Uh yeah, yeah. he's advancing yeah, this is maybe not definitely not a set in stone. Could yeah, return yeah, to the Cubs rotation yeah. in early May if all goes well, but uh yeah, he's nursing a groin injury. Yeah, and I don't know how many innings he's gonna be able to go. I may have gone three if I was comfortable he'd go five, but I'm gonna stick yeah. with two. And actually, yeah, he's very much tentative. So all this is tentative, but he in particular right, right. Okay. still he's keeping his arm in shape, but we don't really know exactly when he will be back for the Cubs. Right, right. right. Uh, Luke Weaver for the Reds at San Diego versus the White Sox. Uh, not the same guy who broke in and looked good as a rookie. So I'm going to go zero on Luke Weaver. Man, the White Sox are tempting. They are in a rut. Huge rut. But who's to say if they pull out of it by then? It's not a very good team. Yeah, Weaver looked good in his first start. But, yeah, I'm going to go zero as well. Does not rack up the strikeouts to offer a floor for what he gives you. I do love what uh, Graham Ashcraft has been doing, though. It's, It's a bright spot for the Reds. Uh, no two-star pitchers for Cleveland next week, uh, but for the Rockies, Ryan Feltner is going to be home for Milwaukee, so that pretty much automatically takes him out of the mix and at the Mets. So Ryan Feltner's a zero. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I'm just logging all these so we can recap at the end of the podcast here. All right. Looks like my computer has briefly frozen. Here we go. <laughs> Michael Kopech, he of a 7.01 ERA versus Minnesota at Cincinnati next week in the first week of May. Where are you at on Michael Kopech and his performance so far this year? Not that high. He's had a couple of good ones, but has not broken out as we expected, or we maybe some people hoped. And we kind of mentioned the team just isn't getting it done either at this point. Uh, can't blame the manager anymore. But at, at Minnesota, at Cincinnati, don't hate him. I'm going to go with a one because I'm not. I don't know that he's a zero, but I'm not. I'm not psyched about it. Yeah, I don't. I wonder what is going on here because everybody and myself included wanted to point to Tony Larusa and kind of say he was kind of was dragging everybody down, but. Maybe the milk's just gone bad there on the Maybe. south side. I Maybe. don't really know what's going on. I actually I have Kopech as a one. What did you say? Instead of one, I'm, I don't know the Babbitt, but I'm, it looks like his looks like he's got a high hit rate, which should come down, and maybe that's what's affecting um, all the walks because when you have guys on base, 381 Babbitt. No, wait, that was 2018. Um, 303 Babbitt which is a little high, but it's not terrible. So, yeah, I mean, how home run for fly ball is up. He's walking, the walk rate's way up. I can see sitting him. I really could. Yeah, I could too. That's why, you know, the one is uh, yeah, very low score for a guy who, as you mentioned, people were really hoping yeah. would shine this year. Michael Lorenzen for the Detroit Tigers. I'll always have a spot, a soft spot for for Lorenzen. The Reds' best uh, center fielder for a few years uh, somehow. But uh, 
I'm going to go zero here versus the Mets at St. Louis has not been pitching well, so I can't see any real argument for starting Michael Lorenz. I want to say one or two, probably because I know I have him on some draft champions, (laughs) but I'm going to try really hard to find somebody better. Wish casting him. I'll say one just because, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of with you in that. I'm not going to trust it. I hear you. Well, Luis Castillo, not Luis Castillo, Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros, uh, scoreless in his last two starts. So over his last 13 innings, he's allowed five hits, no runs, uh, 16 to 3 K to walk. Uh, That's good for a 0 6 2 whip, spotless ERA, of course, over that stretch. And uh, he's not able to like rock the baby anymore. He had to kind of change the. The wind up a little bit, but he seems to be uh, making those adjustments just fine, Luis Garcia. Yeah, um, this probably comes from a place I'm higher on him than most. That's why I'm going to say four. But you, you give. I'm going to guess you're one below that, but I'm going to say four. That's funny because I'm actually going to go. Well, I was tempted to go one higher. I think realistically, I need to settle at four. But I was okay at you know, Seattle versus San Francisco. Yeah, at yeah. Seattle's kind of tough. San Francisco. I mentioned who would I mentioned Chicago, uh, fanning the second most. The Giants are fanning the most. Really? Huh. Yep. 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 Yeah, and who knows what will happen in uh, over the weekend in Mexico City? So they may they may not be fanning the most come Monday. Well. We both settled on fours for Luis Garcia. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So good stuff. We'll pause briefly, get back to these two-star pitcher grades momentarily. But first, a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link and Todd Zola. Glad to have you with us on this Friday. Thanks for those who've you know stopped by to hang out the in the live stream. And if you're listening on a traditional platform, of course we appreciate you as well. Can we um break in with some semi-breaking news? Yeah, let's hear it. Garrett Whitlock is to the injured list with right elbow ulnar neuritis. Jeez. And Brian Bayo's back up. Yeah, tough start for Bayo, and I know he was disappointed about the demotion, but uh, another opportunity. And would you give him another look in fantasy, Bayo? Um, Not yet. A wait and see for me. Okay. A um, little bit, you know, the, the ulnar ulnar neuritis. Isn't he the second pitcher to go down with that? In, yeah, in, somebody else had that. Yeah, and and you know we got to you know, kind of still in a wait and see period, but yeah, that's uh, not not good news. Yeah, definitely not. So for Kansas City, it's Zach Granke versus Baltimore versus Oakland. On paper, that's a nice two-step, but Granke's 0-4 with a 6-10 ERA and doesn't miss bats. I'm tempted to go zero, but with the two-step, I will go one. I have him, I think, in a draft champions. Maybe I'll consider him there. I'm going to, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll mimic that your exact thoughts because I, yeah, exactly. No two-star pitchers for uh, the Angels. Shohei Otani is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but he four and He cost me my rivals. Uh, oh, did he cost you one of your rivals? Yeah, uh, I had play? him going over his number. He won the game, but he gave up so many runs. He didn't get he uh, he and I think I picked three pitchers, and he was the one that did not come through for me. He had such a great outing on the mound. And then he almost hit for the cycle, too. He fell just like a yeah, few uh, feet short yeah. of, the, of the home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just give the guy the MVP award right now, basically. <laughs> uh, Tony Gonsolin back for the Dodgers. Uh, sort of. Made 65 pitches in his debut. Uh, good to have him back. Only 3.1 innings. So he's still in the process of building himself well, up. Didn't he? Uh, no, didn't he have Lee with an injury? Uh I mean, I know that he, um, he, I thought he was that, back from the ankle. Did he have another injury? I thought maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but I thought that he, um, uh, maybe not. Okay. Well, I just ran a quick Twitter search. I'm not seeing anything about a no, new I, injury. Yeah, but... No, no, there, you're right. There was somebody else that came back recently from an injury and left. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Maeda. Um, but I thought there was even somebody else that um, after getting hit on the ankle, like similar to Gonsolin, although it was a different scenario, 
uh, had to leave anyway. But never mind. We should edit this out in post, but we won't. <laughs> I I won't do you that solid. Uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I I uh, I appreciate you. You know, at least mentioning it so we could look and clarify do our due diligence here on Tony Gonsolin. Uh, again, 65 pitches, 3.1 innings, so maybe a while, plus three walks against only 1K, so probably be a little while before we see the Tony Gonsolin that we saw uh, last year. We'll probably never see first half Tony Gonsolin again, frankly. Uh, versus Philly at San Diego. Hmm. As he gets stretched out, I think I'm only going to go with a two. On Tony Gonsolin. Yeah, I'm. A, I agree. I'm going to go too. All right, Sandy's uh, got a 5.04 ERA, but versus Atlanta at the Cubs, I'm not willing to bump Sandy down from five status yet. I, I mean, I think if you're benching Sandy Alcantara at this point, you're just overthinking it. I don't think many fantasy players are going to do that, but uh, just wanted to say that. Uh, so he's still a five for me. I'm starting him if I have him, but I'm I I can't give him a five right now. I'm going to give him a four. He's not getting the strikeouts, and he's susceptible to to contact. Um, I'm I'm starting him, but I think he's going to be a little outside of the top twenty when I do the rankings this weekend. A lot, wow. a lot because of the Atlanta start, even though it's at home. He just he's not the same guy. So what's your like worried level here, like out of ten, sounds well, like you're pretty. Uh, keeping in mind concerned. that I was I was on the concerned side coming into the year, because a lot because of the defense, the ground ball pitching, and the shift, and and having Wendell slash Birdie be behind him and and uh, second base with a rise, etc. I was concerned coming into the season. Um, I, I, I I my concerns the same. I think I may have had him, you know, if we're ranking aces before the season, I I wouldn't have given him a five. He would have been like my top of the four list. Well, don't forget, too, that Sandy Alcantara has been battling biceps tendonitis recently. That that does kind of worry me. Yeah. Because yeah. tendonitis, I guess it can, like, calm down, but that's not something that just goes away completely. You're right. Right, right away. So right. He, was, he was okay in his return, but... Yeah, the tendonitis is something you, you want to keep in mind. Uh, 26 Ks, nine walks, only three homers a lot. I think, I think Sandy will be all right. I'm not as worried as, as you, Todd, but as you said, you were more worried than I was coming into the year. Yep. Eric Lauer at Colorado, at ah. San Francisco. I have Lauer on a few teams, but you know, whenever I see at Colorado, I just I got to go pretty much bump him down to – I was gonna say zero, but I, I could see maybe a one here. Yeah, um, I mean, risky one though. I mean, in another time, we we both be like to talk about we're seeing some improvement or continued growth and et cetera with Lauer. He's still inconsistent, but we're starting to see some baby steps. Yeah, at Colorado though, uh, I'm gonna go one. I almost want to go two, but that kind of destroys my. You know what? It's at San Francisco. I'm going to be confident enough that he gets by Colorado that he's going to handle San Francisco. So I am going to go too. Okay. I hear you there. Uh, I'm just marking down something on the sheets. All right. Next up. Zola's an idiot. That's what you write down. No, no. 
<laughs> just a timestamp. <laughs> I would never say that. Uh, Tyler Malley, you mentioned what a disaster the White Sox are right now. Malley gets those White Sox in Chicago to start the week. Then at Cleveland's, I'm still a Malley believer, and this is a nice little setup for him. So uh, not a five, but I think he's higher than a three. So I'm going to go four. Is that high for, to you? Uh, other than th- this time, I'm looking at our note, so I can't. Uh, uh, elbow impingement. Mm-hmm. So it's they're going to be. They didn't have any imaging yet, and he's being treated with anti-inflammatories. So the, we'll call this one tentative. Um, I'm going to go three to account for the tentativeness. But if everything's the go ahead, I think he's a four. But when you're setting your lineups, double check to see where we're at. It's a good caveat to add because, yeah, with this injury concern, I could see that dinging his grade a little bit for sure. Back of the right elbow, that impingement. Still not on the IL, but uh, day-to-day, I think, you know, IL is still a possibility. So definitely check Tyler Malley's status early next week. All right. We're making good progress here. Let me get back to the... Two start pitchers. Uh, Max Scherzer's going to be back. Man, that suspension was annoying if you had Max Scherzer. Uh, versus Atlanta, versus Colorado. And I kind of thought he would be almost benefit from the pitch clock, but it seems like maybe he's having some fatigue issues maybe. as a result. I'm still going five, though. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, going five. He's going to have an edge to him. He's, he's well-rested. Cody Senga, people – Pretty excited about him, and that ghost forkball is uh, your favorite term, sexy, Todd. Um, <laughs> but he has a one five eight ERA, not really in line with his four one five uh, ERA. So one point five eight WHIP four one five ERA, eighteen walks and twenty six innings. Does have thirty two Ks, but also five homers allowed. Hard to know what to make of this guy right now. Uh, again, I like that trademark pitch of his, but eesh. Uh, Cody Senga, I think I'm going to go at Detroit versus Colorado. Seems like a good step. Uh, I'm going to go three, I think. I'm going to go three, and if I have him, this is the week I hope that he kind of, I don't know, breaks through, gets some confidence, and propels himself the rest of the season because the matchups dictate it. Domingo Herman, would you give him any mind? I mean, versus Cleveland, then he does have to face the juggernaut that is the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's struggled this year, and the home start against Cleveland maybe gives him a little appeal, but I think I might go just a one on Domingo as like a desperation one. I think, well, the struggles are home runs. I mean, he's got a 1.08 whip, uh, 554 ERA. I, I'll bet the FIP is lower because it neutralizes homers. 33 to seven strike, uh, 33 to nine. I don't know if struggles the word. I think he's been a little bit snake bit with some command and control issues. Um, I'm gonna go two. I think he's better than uh, than his 55 ERA, 554 ERA. I got you. Well, I got a one on Domingo Herman, but I have you marked down. As a two, uh, Oakland doesn't have any two star pitchers for next week. 
And then Philadelphia, Taiwan Walker. You mentioned some injury caveats, and here's another one. Taiwan's got a forearm issue. He had a encouraging and encouraging visit the, with the Phillies medical staff Thursday, according to Philadelphia Inquirer. So uh, trending in the right direction to make that start, I think. But uh, that, that will ding his grade for me here. Uh, against the Dodgers versus Boston, I think Taiwan's only a two. Yeah, he's walked a lot of better and the more command and control issues. Four homers and, and 14 walks. And for those who are saying I'm being redundant, I've come from the school where control is throwing strikes and command is putting it where you want within the strike zone. Yes, thank you. It's not, I know it seems like nitpicking, but they're not just interchangeable. Right. They describe two different things in the baseball realm. Not to be uh, pretentious, but uh, well, it, but I think people do juxtapose them. People being people that get paid to talk about baseball on TV while you're watching it. Yeah, it's command is different from control, and then, you know, control is just about just limiting walks, and command yeah. is putting it in the zone where you want it, hitting your spots. It's uh, two different yep. things, anyway. Yep. Ronzi Contreras at Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Tough start, a couple starts here for Ronzi, but I liked what I've seen from Contreras uh, generally. Three and one with a three five eight ERA. Where are you at this week on Ronzi Contreras, Todd? These could we consider this a signature week if he pitches well? You know, I mean, I mean against these opponents, I'd yeah. have to say so. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go three, but, yeah, I mean, the Toronto could burn him, but it is in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to go yeah. three, and, yeah, we are – well, right now, I mean, Pittsburgh has the magic. Um, Still we, Pittsburgh. We don't get to talk about Mitch Keller because he, uh, he only has one, but he uh, was at last night he pitched pretty well. So we could be seeing some fun stuff out of this team. I think my rival pick last week was like against going against Mitch Keller's uh, yeah. projection. I got yeah. that one wrong. Yeah, well, because I, I, uh, I I got it right. The Reds have gotten to him in the past, but he, he had their number certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He carved him up. Blake Snell's been a big disappointment. There have been so many disappointments on the pitching side. Maybe just for me, but it's been it's been tough watching guys like you know Snell and Manoa get knocked around. Snow's Snell's 0 and 4 with a 5-4-8 ERA. He does get the Reds at home and then versus the Dodgers at home. So he gets that inherent, you know, pitching at home bump. But that second start is tough. I ugh, I'm gonna go with a three, but it's I have to admit that's kind of me wish casting a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna go two. I mean, I'm looking now. Uh, five innings, 100 pitches, 95 pitches, 105. This is the old Snell where he's walking people, he's striking people out, and he's just not getting deep into games. And I don't I don't think that works. Um, too, I, don't, I don't want to say too bad. Uh, well, he would have been interesting to see in, uh, in Mexico City. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go too, and I even think that may be too high. Oh, God, Snell in Mexico City would have been a, <laughs> just a disaster. Logan Gilbert for the Seattle Mariners. It's at Oakland versus Houston. You love the first 
step there. Not so much the second one, but uh, Logan Gilbert, man, let me let me just double check something here. Mostly good. I think he's better than he's than a four two three year. Right? Yeah, he had one bad start that I recall mm-hmm. that kind of blew him up a bit. Um, well, the last, go the three. last two. Yeah, the last two. Fourteen strikeouts, one walk. You figure's good, but he's given up three three home runs the last two games. Um, uh, he's still a four for me. I mean, four. Okay. Yeah, he's still a good pitcher, and I'm, I'm not going to take the, take it away from him. Um, good pitchers should pitch pretty well against good teams. And I think he's a good pitcher. Ross Stripling, you kind of alluded to in passing before oh, at Houston. Okay, so we have him going. That means he's not going in in Mexico City this weekend. Okay. Uh, let me see who the Giants got lined it, up to start. He this was. It maybe they may have changed it. That's okay. Let me just double check though, just so to be sure we have it right. Um, so this weekend for the Giants, it is going to be Manaya and then Cobb. So yeah, that. Okay, so Manaya was stripling. In, yeah, so Manaya was inserted. All right, I before I was kind of going. Ah, I don't care about this weekend. I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody going. I have Manaya, Manaya going. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Hold your breath. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Stripling, I think, has got to be a zero. I maybe the home against Milwaukee makes him a one. I guess I'll go with a one. You want it to be higher because you think he's better than this. Right, I mean that's kind of where we're coming from, but he hasn't. He only pitched five innings on, on opening weekend. He hasn't pitched, you know, five innings since. So I'm going to go one as well, but I, I think you can justify sitting him. I hear you there. Okay, next up, I think this one's interesting because he's struggled and been dropped in a lot of leagues. Stephen Matz versus the Angels at home, and then versus the Tigers. So Matt's has been brutal. He's got a six two three ERA, but would you consider picking him up for this two step time? Hmm. I think he has had a little bit of um, defense letting him down, if you will, hmm. a little bit. But he's not missing bats either. Uh, but the question he asked me while I'm vamping because I don't know is will I pick him up? You know what? Yeah, would you I consider would. I would. you'd have him I on would. a list at least. With the Angels at home, yes, I would. At at, at in St. Louis, yeah, I would. Um, you know, I don't love it, but yeah, I would. And then home against Detroit, so it's cross your fingers against the Angels and make up the difference against Detroit. Yes, I would. I would be targeting him if he was dropped. So what was your number there? I'm going to go two. Uh, I'm going to go three because I mean I'm not going to pick up a one or a two. You know what? I'm going to go three as well because. No, well, I don't put a ton of stock. No, I'm gonna just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put a ton of stock into like XFIP necessarily, but um, I do. Well, it's not you know don't, don't totally discount it, but his XFIP is four eleven compared to that six two three ERA. So I think he's yeah. d- dealt with some bad luck, not entirely bad luck because he's dealt with some walk and homer issues. He's got a three seventy BABIP. Yeah, I I do like XFIP because it neutralizes homers. And I think over time, Homer, you know, homers do come in clusters, whereas FIP does not neutralize homers. I know some people like FIP more, maybe because they don't believe homers should be neutralized. I believe they should. Um, and then Sierra does, you know, it's kind of Sierra usually matches up more with XFIP than it does FIP. Yeah, I certainly don't want to like totally 
write it off. It certainly has its value. Would that would you say that's your favorite of the estimators that are um, publicly uh, available? Of the publicly available, but you have to keep everything in context. Right. You have to. All right. Uh, you, you can't have just to, have one that's like the magic right, answer key. Right. Them. I mean, all right. So I look at the XFIP. All right. I look. My I, I go to home runs. Was it against a team that hits a lot of homers? Were they all? Do they all come in one game? Uh, Etc. And or other other factors involved. Um, Matt's, you know, I think it, I, I don't love LA, you know, Trout it at three in a game and mini Trout and Renfro there and Ward, a, a bunch of good left-handed hitters and Otani can, can hit anybody, obviously. I don't love that, but it is in St. Louis. All right. So we're wrapping things up here. McClanahan's yeah. a five. No reason to get into that one. No. Uh, Texas has got two off days, so no two-star yeah. pitchers for the Rangers. Oh, here's interesting. <laughs> yeah, here are a couple interesting ones. Uh, Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi, who's been just awesome. 4-0 for Kikuchi, who seems to have turned over a new leaf. Barrios still having his issues. They're both at Boston and at Pitt. So if you've uh, been riding the Yusei Kikuchi train, you've been loving it, and I wouldn't see any reason to hop off now. Right. I think I'll have Kikuchi actually has a higher grade than Barrios, so... I'm thinking like, eh. actually, now that I think about it, they both feel like threes to me. Barrios has thrown seven innings the past two games, uh, Houston and White Sox, only 12 strikeouts. I think that I'm going to go, I want to say both fours, mm-hmm. but then you will write down Zola as an idiot. Um, all right, I'm going to go three as oh, well. I, 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 I wouldn't I, think so because I think there's very much a case for both guys being fours here. I, I think, just played yeah. it safe a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm with you. I I, I agree, and I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna say three, but I think with both of them, I'm I, I'm curious because they, I know you shouldn't let one or two games affect your thinking too much, but I think this is a key key for both both of them. And hey, if Rob, if you're listening, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I would love to know Rob Silver's uh, take on those guys. Check out the sleeper, or not the sleeper. Well, I was talking about launching. Le- I was talking about Rob Leibowitz. No, oh, yeah, that makes sense, too. That would work. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, yeah, it's been a rough start to the season for the Nats, as everyone but, expected. But, but Mackenzie Gore's been a bright spot. Yeah, I didn't realize. Um, someone in my in my latest um, Todd takes cough movie because it opens their eyes to players that maybe didn't realize are doing so poorly and so good. Mm-hmm. McGore opened my own eyes. I'm McGore. Uh, <laughs> McGore. That's his nickname, <laughs> right? Gore opened my own eyes, kind of. Because, like, if yeah, the team's terrible. But you know what? McGenzie Gore isn't. No, he's been pitching really well. And then yeah. he's versus Chicago at Arizona, too. So, well, love 16 35, walks. yeah, 35 Ks and 27 innings, but those 16 walks. Only yeah, two 90, homers, though. 19 hits. He's got some bat, some. He's kind of the opposite in that he's had uh, a you know a, a lucky BABIP and a lucky home run per fly ball, but you know you, you can't fake thirty five strikeouts, so you got to hope that when the hit regresses and he starts giving up more base hits, that the walks come down organically mm-hmm. and he kind of stays where he is. So um, now I completely forget. Uh, okay, the Cubs in Arizona. Uh, don't love Arizona, but it's against, uh, he's a lefty and they're stronger against righties. Um, 
I want to say four, but I'm going to say three. Yeah, I was tempted to say four, but I think he's kind of, yeah, as good as he's pitched, I still kind of think he's kind of in that Barrios Kikuchi mix, like yeah, yeah. mid mid tier, uh, very much so. Trevor Williams pitched okay, but I just never trust these you know limiting contact guys as we've yep. talked about. Not yep. really actual skills. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zero. I am too on Trevor Williams. All right. Well, let me uh, just mark down one last little thing here in the outline, and here we go. We'll recap the. Starting pitching grades, uh, two-star pitcher grades for the week of May 1st, 2023. Zach Gallon five. It's an easy one. Bryce Elder, I say four, Todd, three. Kyle Wright, two. Tyler Wells, three. Corey Kluber, I say zero, Todd, one. Uh, Tanner Houck, two. Drew Smiley, three. Jameson Tyone, two. Luke Weaver, zero. Ryan Feltner, zero. Michael Kopech, one. Michael Lorenzen, zero. Luis Garcia of Houston, four. Zach Greinke, a one. Tony Gonsolin, a two. Sandy Alcantara, I say five, Todd, four. Eric Lauer, I say one, Todd, two. Tyler Malley, I say four, Todd, three. Max Scherzer is a five. Cody Sanga is a three. Domingo Herman, I have one, Todd, two. Taiwan Walker, a two. Ronzi Contreras, a three. Blake Snell, three. I say three, Todd, two. Logan Gilbert, I say three, Todd, four. Ross Stripling, a one. Stephen Matz, a three. Shane McClanahan, five. Jose Barrios, three. Yusei Kikuchi, three. Mackenzie Gore, three. Finally, Trevor Williams, a zero. Great stuff, Todd. Anything else on your mind today? Uh, two quick things. Um, if you're listening live, uh, lineups lock pretty quickly. There is a four o'clock game today, four o'clock Eastern. Um, if you're if you're listening, you know afterwards. Hopefully, you got your lineup changes in. Um, to, to tie up the fly ball thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, fly ball distance is about matching last year's. Hmm. Home runs have fallen to about match last year's. But, again, it's April. Things usually go up. I do not know that we're going to go up as much as we thought we were going to go up earlier. Uh, but we exactly don't know. We don't know exactly how pitching is going to turn out to be. But, you know, run scoring has settled down a bit. We were, we were tending towards 2021 for homers. We've fallen below that level. Whether we go up or not remains to be seen. But uh, I think, you know, small sample uh, – we fell into a bit of a trap early on. And I think we're settling, even with stolen bases are selling a bit. The The success right now is down to 79.6. It had been the eighties for most of the year. Well, thanks for digging that up. That's a good way to kind of wrap things up on the show. And uh, I'm glad you circled back for us on that. Cause I'd kind of forgotten that we talked about that. Yeah, but, uh, good stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I know was- that. Todd or not Todd, you're Todd. Jason Collette had an article earlier that he was, you know, close to making some widespread declarations on the run environment. But it's interesting that scoring has dipped back down a little bit. But as the weather heats up, no hey, scoring, scoring is scoring has stayed up. Home runs have fallen a bit. But then you say scoring has dipped back a little bit, um, closer to 2021. Uh, 
and well, I thought it was actually the home runs. Uh, oh, scoring, the home yeah, runs. yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, and the scoring is going to be so tough just because of the, uh, uh, you know, the you know, Babip now is is where it has been previous to last year and the year before. Um, again, though, though that tends to go up a little bit, even though why does Babip go up? Um, I think Babip goes up because um, uh, runs go up in general. And more, just more people on base. You pitch better out of the windup than you do out of the stretch. So I just, I think that it just naturally. Well, that doesn't make sense because that's be more guys on base. I don't know. I'm not sure uh, why why BABIP is so low in April uh, compared to the rest of the year. You would think it would be more consistent, but something to think about. Well, great stuff. Always a pleasure hosting with you, Todd. Uh, the Hall of Famer himself. And good luck this weekend. I hope the best for you with Sean Benaya there in Mexico <laughs> City. And yeah, thank you all for stopping through and hanging out with us. Hope you'll join us next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. <laughs>